0: Three change off the bench to 19 year Tammy Abrahams in the middle And oh, what a finish that is Mason Mount
1: Hello and welcome back to the Chelsea Spot Podcast. As always, you can find all our links in the description, including Spotify, iTunes, our website and both our Twitter and Instagram. Today, we've come back with another episode. There's been quite a lot of news uh, being circulated on the internet um, about Chelsea... Chelsea's potential transfers, uh, this window, which we're going to spend a bit of time talking about. We're also going to preview the upcoming clash against Villarreal in the uh, Super Cup on Wednesday. Uh, And we're also going to have a bit of a chat about pre-season because we've had games against Arsenal, Spurs, Bournemouth, um, lots to say about all those games too. But I think first of all, um, we've got to address Lukaku, haven't we? Danny, you're
0: with us today. How are you? Yeah, very well. Good to be back. Good to be back. Been a while. I think actually the last one I did was reacting to the Champions League win. Right. One of the best nights ever. But yeah, yeah, very excited uh, to be linked with Romelu Lukaku. So yeah, it's all good uh, in Manchester for me at the moment. (laughs) Fantastic.
2: Mark, how are you? Not Dubai. It's been ages since we've done a pod, um, especially uh, since I've done a pod, but. Lots of news has come out. Lots of exits we haven't talked about as well, and I say that because I'm watching Gerhi pay for Palace as we speak. But yeah, uh, hopefully it's going to be a really, really good episode. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, as I said, let, let's start with Lukaku because it's the first, the first thing on everybody's lips at the moment when talking about Chelsea. Um, yeah. The reports coming out are that a fee has yeah. been agreed, recording mid-afternoon on uh, Saturday. So yeah. Um, looks like that's going to happen. Lukaku to Chelsea for around €150 million Euros or £97 million, pounds, which is a pretty hefty fee, particularly given that he's 28. So my view on it would be that, first of all, we really don't need a striker. Um, so buying one is very much because we want to run rather than we need one and with that in mind i'm not sure whether it's the best idea to spend first of all this much on someone but second of all on someone who's likely most likely only going to be good for another what two maybe three years at a stretch um But having said that, it is also Romelu Lukaku, um, who is currently one of the best number nines in the world. He's got this emotional attachment to Chelsea. Chelsea fans love him. I particularly have a huge emotional connection to him and I'm really happy that he's coming back. So I think there are a lot of
0: elements to it. Um, Danny, what are your thoughts? I think I'm a bit more optimistic than you are, uh, to be honest. I think he's a, a new and improved version of the Lukaku we saw leave United a couple of years ago. Uh, I think, I believe he had 35 goal contributions from 32 starts in Serie A last season, which is insane. And whereas formerly he was just a pure goal scorer, he's now a provider as well. So of the 35 goal contributions, 11 of them were assists. Obviously that was working in the front two with Lautaro Martinez, but having a partner like Kai Havertz just off him, could that bring the best out of of Kai? I, I really think it could. He also had an, ex- an exceptional Euros. He's clearly improved his mentality. He's hungry. He, he always makes a point of saying that he is one of the top five number nines in the world. So he backs himself. And I I'd fully agree with that statement. 98 million pounds for 28 year old is a lot. But don't forget Spurs are about to spend, oh, sorry, not Spurs, City are hoping to spend about 150 million on, on Kane, who's about the same age. Obviously, Kane is, is a little bit better, but... I wouldn't say there's a, a huge gulf in in difference in, in class between the two. So I'm very excited. And obviously Didier Drogba is my hero. I always get eleven on the back of my Chelsea kits so in homage to the great man. And Lukaku's of the same ilk as me. He he loves Drogba. So I'm very excited to see this come through and I hope I hope it does happen. And I hope he proves he his doubters in England wrong.
1: Path, what about the, the ramifications it might have on the careers of other players at Chelsea.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean it is interesting because really I think well Tammy was pretty much always going to leave. Um I think it's a shame but I guess we we had to just admit in the fact that Tuchel just doesn't like him for whatever reason. Um and so in Tuchel's eyes I think he found it was very important to get a striker. Um and it's interesting I I initially thought at first okay maybe Lukaku can help someone like Timo Werner because, um, you know, someone to run off and we all know to when Timo's in space, he well, he creates a lot of space and he also creates a lot of space for other strikers like Lukaku who, you know, puts the ball in the back of the net. But then you also have to think about it for Timo that playing Luke, um, who are pretty likely to start, you, you're then going to play Mason Mount, right? And then even if you drop Mason Mount into midfield, you want really a natural winger. And that's going to be a Zieck or a or a Hudson Odoi or a Pulisic, as much as the last two I've said took or likes in that right wing back as well. Um, so I think it's interesting. I think it also has a big impact on signings coming in, because say we got a cheaper striker, um, for, I don't know, 40 mil or something, would it make sense? But you know, something we could do that would open up the chance to get a midfielder, um, a right wing back, which we've been linked with, um, a centre back um all-in-one whereas now it's difficult you're looking at lukaku kunde who will discuss very soon sure um and then there have been links with us to sign a midfielder are we going to I'm not too sure declan rice is um a player who you know took a love supposedly through the club love supposedly but the deal's looking really unlikely this summer especially with us not really wanting to spend 80 million because he's got three years left on his contract next he's going to have two his valuation is going to drop um but yeah i i think it's a very interesting deal whether we should have spent the extra 50 mil and got harland who's going to be here for five to six years is the big one um but yeah i guess we'll see in a few years time whether it's paid off or not
1: yeah no i completely agree i think In my opinion, we really need a midfielder a lot more than a striker. I mean, you said there that Tuchel not fancying Tammy means that we need a striker. And I'm just not so sure whether that's true. I mean, we just won the Champions League with our current squad, with Tammy virtually playing no minutes. So, really, I think, (laughs) I guess this is all rooted in my belief that Kai Havertz is a top number nine. Um, and. You know, on top of that, he's only 21. So he has so much more to offer in the future. Um, And it does seem like that's going to end up being his favourite role, or at least for the time being it is. And I just, yeah, I'm not sure whether we need that extra player who's going to shift Havertz more out wide, who's going to make minutes less attainable for someone like hudson Adoy. Yes, on the other hand, as Danny was saying, He's a top, top striker. You know, he's been one of the best strikers in the world for the last two seasons. Um, no doubting that. And he will make us better in in the short term. I, I, you know, there's that's definitely for sure. But it is also a huge outlay. And, you know, at the moment, we only have three central midfielders in Jorginho Kante and Mateo Kovacic. Uh, as you say, Path Declan Rice is out there. There's also Aurelien Chouamani at Monaco, who I think would be a fantastic signing. Doesn't look like that's going to happen at the moment, but you know it always could. Things always could change. Um, so in my opinion, we should be investing that money into a midfielder, um, particularly given that all three of those—well, not Kovacic, but Kanté and Jorginho—are both getting on a bit. Um, yeah. Um, even though we have Billy Gilmore, who's going to come into the frame in, in a year or a year or two years time, those two guys are going to be out of the frame, you know, sooner rather than later. So I think there's also lots of problems uh, in the centre back area. You know, three of our four, three of our five current centre backs are, if you include Azpilicueta, are out of contract next summer. Um. So I guess this is a good a good point to segue over to the to the potential Kunde deal. Um, <sighs> do we need him, Danny? I think it makes sense in the long term, but in the short term, it really doesn't.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd like to re- remind you that Sir Danny Drinkwater is still on the books. As is Rossa, Boss Barkley, Ruben, TMA Bakioca never gives the ball away except every other game when, when it inevitably leads to a goal. So, actually, we've got plenty of centre midfielders, and Gary Cahill's available on a free if we need a centre back as well. So, <laughs> they're all stocked, really. But uh, yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's very confusing the situation because we've been told that uh, Christensen and the club have, have started negotiating a new deal, which would be excellent because obviously. He's an academy graduate. He had a brilliant season. He had a amazing Euros. He actually scored a goal as well, which we're yet to <laughs> see for Chelsea. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about Rudiger and wh- whether he's going to run down his contract, whether there's always, seems like he's playing with a a chip on his shoulder. It obviously, he feels he doesn't get the respect that he thinks he deserves. and Maybe he'll be looking for a big move next summer. So, would it be better to reassure our current crop of centre-backs by giving them new contracts instead of signing like the next up-and-coming centre-back from Sevilla, potentially? But then again, Thiago Silva's 36, turning 37. As he's getting on, I think he's turning 32 soon. So, in my opinion, it's not the worst thing in the world. And when you've got someone like Roman Abramovich bankrolling every move, I don't think like 60 million to him is not even a drop in the ocean. Let's face it, just bought another super yacht. So uh, I can see it working out well. He's he's not tall for a centre back, he's quite short. It looks like that would facilitate him playing in a back three. And obviously, I think most of us here, here want to see a back four used. So there's more chances for the fours, like Puts and Adoy like we were talking about earlier. But if I'm talking purely in, Making the squad as competitive as possible and high quality as possible, I can only see adding Jules Konde or Kunde, sorry, as a massive plus.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've I've thought about this deal, and to be fair, I, I've I've I maintain that I haven't watched him enough to give a proper evaluation on him. But I mean, are you? Are you? He's what is he? Five ten? Is he really going to play in four at the back? I mean, he could do. I don't know. I've never watched him play enough to see if he's good enough at four at the back. But I, I think it's a risky move if you were to play in there. And then that really closes down four at the back. If we go to four, at the, if okay, let's say Tuchel gets sacked in a year, or he leaves to a bigger club in a year or two years time, um the new manager comes in and he switches to four at the back, then what happens with Kounde? We just spent sixty million on a player who's going to be stuck on the bench. Okay. But again, I think I think well from what I've seen uh, a little bit what I've read about him, yeah, he's a great player. Um, and for three at the back for Tuko system, I think he'll be great. I think he will be really good. One thing I do quite—I was thinking about this yesterday. It's just a thought rather than anything bigger. Um, but if we spent the sixty million Kundo which we spent on Declan Rice. You could use Declan Rice in that middle centre back option. Yeah, okay, we like him in midfield. But if you use him in that centre back option, you can use him as Thiago as the middle, Reese and Christensen on the right, um, with Asby as right wing back as well. And on the left, you have uh, you have Rudiger. christensen can do a job there as well. I just think Declan Rice, who can cover the middle centre option of the three the midfield of the four very well I think personally that's a better deal um than a Koundé um uh, than sorry uh, Koundé um but yeah I mean yeah Orlando what do you think
1: I mean I've watched quite a bit of Kunde and I don't think there really should be any concerns about his height um basically because he's just very very good in the air he's got a fantastic leap he's got good timing good positioning good footwork everything you'd want in in a center back with strong aerial ability um you know I've watched him play against uh, the likes of I don't know, um yeah many many physical strikers um I don't know luis suarez for example i remember him completely dominating um so he's Yeah, I wouldn't have any concerns about that. I wouldn't have any concerns about him playing in a back four either. Um, I think he's fine there. He has played there on many occasions for Sevilla. um, And, you know, he's so young that he'll only grow into that role more as he uh, develops. What I would, well, it's not so much that I have concerns over it, but it's just incredibly frustrating how he sold Mark Gurhey, like, Yes, Kunde is a good signing. I think you can't really argue that. Yes, he he um, he um strengthens the team. He's good long-term. He's expensive, but not completely extortionate. But we had someone there for free who is, you know, he's not as good, but he could be as good in the future, very foreseeably. We also sold to Mori. It's just frustrating how... The club was so blind to this this kind of impending centre back situation. As you're saying, Danny, it does look like Christensen will sign a new contract, but I think it's highly unlikely that um highly unlikely that Rudiger will. Um and as you know, it remains to be seen. Yes, Tuchel loves him, but I think it's not it's not a heinous crime to admit that he is one of the weakest links in in the current starting eleven if he is a starter. Um this I do have a slight concern about the potential Koundé deal, um, which is that, well, again, it blocks off minutes for Hudson Odoi and even potentially Rhys James, because I would have seen the right, the the um, the right of the back three that role as the best role for Rhys James uh, in the future, and if he's not getting minutes there. Um, as we thought he might this season, especially as Aspilaqueta finds it hard to play as many games as he gets older, then again, that means less minutes at right wing-back for hudson Um And now that we're bringing in Lukaku, which is pretty certain to happen, um, as I say, that means less minutes for Hudson-Odoi in the front three. Um, it's just, I think the last time we did a podcast, I was waxing lyrical about how excited I was for Callum's season. And now that's just all sort of gone down the drain.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, no. Um I think I
2: think the, the thing with Carnum is you 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 see in the very first video um of preseason when Tokul says there's no and stuff like that. Um but then Tokul playing a, I don't think he's played a minute at left wing or from what we've seen at in preseason, you know, the broadcasted games. I don't think he's played a minute there. Um, which isn't convincing whilst Mason Mount isn't here. Um and he's he's played well he played yeah well he played him left wing back which i think was an improvement on right wing back but again it's still not left wing um and that's where we want to see him. i i just want to see him play for five games at left wing and then you're gonna reap the rewards i mean the athletic i think it was yesterday they um they did that thread unexpected threat and he was the second highest in the prem per 90 after jack grealish um yeah, okay, it's per ninety. Okay, he's played less minutes, but who's to say that he can't continue doing that? Um, so I, I think with Callum, it's worrying. I, 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 do think it is worrying because right wing back he's got Reese and Asby, and uh, left wing, I, I don't know. He just, he just doesn't look like Tucker likes in there. Left wing back he's got. Currently he's got Alonso, Emerson, and Chilwell, so that looks shut as well. Um, so it's not great.
0: I want to be positive. I think that one of the benefits of Christian Pulisic having a full preseason and still not impressing in the uh, in the preseason friendlies is he's surely using up his chances to impress Tuchel. And I've seen Timo Werner already in these two games. I'm his biggest defender, and I I believe that for most players, XG balances out over time. But you do get an- anomalies like Lionel Messi always overperforms his XG, except for one season, like. 2015-16, there could be a, a player that always underperforms, so XG, and t- Timo Werner missed two guilt-added chances over the last two friendlies, even if he did score a perfectly uh, legitimate one that was ruled for offside, but if he keeps on missing those chances, is Thomas Tuchel really going to start him ahead of Callum Hudson-Odoi, if he's impressing in training, if he's impressing in, i say, the Carabao Cup? I, I have faith, and this might just be because I'm a, an optimist, that Callum's got got time to to win over Tuchel, especially if Pulisic plays as poorly as he did back end last season and Timo continues to fail to finish his dinner.
1: Well, the thing is, I would have said that um, if, we, if we weren't bringing in Lukaku because Callum wouldn't have been a starter either way. You know, I think that front three of Mount Havertz and... Um Werner was pretty nailed on and then obviously you've got Ziyech too has played quite a major role in pre-season but I would have backed Callum to play his way into that front three over the course of the season because he just has that undeniable quality but now that Lukaku's there it's extremely extremely congested Um, I mean I think I worked it out Callum would be seventh choice for the front three positions which is just you know so like if we rotate fully he's still not starting Um, which is just a bit depressing. But, I mean, yes, obviously you can be optimistic um, just in the fact that he has that ability Um, and also in the fact that funny things happen in football. You know, we could get three injuries within the same week. Um, We could have an outbreak of coronavirus. You know, who knows? So, um, I don't know. I just really hope that he doesn't. Become disenchanted and want to leave because that would be a, a huge, huge mistake. Um, enough chat about Callum. I do, I do tend to <laughs> make him a, a large topic on these podcasts, but that you know everybody knows why. Um, but we'll move on to to pre season. Um, as I said, we've had the games against Bournemouth. We won two one uh, goals coming from Armando Broger and Ike Ugbo. Um, then Ugbo proceeded to catch coronavirus and. Uh, Armando proceeded to be dropped to the under-23s for their pre-season friendlies uh, for the game against Arsenal, in which we won 2-1 uh, Tammy Abraham. And I cannot remember with the goals who scored.
0: Uh, neither. I then Ziek hit
2: the post in there.
1: Um, oh was people... Havertz. It was Havertz. Yes. I was at the game actually. Oh, the was team Right the in front Lakers. of me, it's that Havertz goal. Very good finish. Yeah. Um, and then Spurs the two-two, which I also was lucky enough to be at, um, in which Hakim Ziyech scored twice. So, top performers from pre-season, Danny. Who's your number one?
0: Probably just because. I haven't seen him much. I know that Orlando definitely watches a lot of him, but Trevor Oliver was so impressive, wasn't he?
2: Absolutely. Uh,
0: playing in that back three, I, I'm so impressed. I, I remember back in the day I was a massive fan of his older brother, Nathaniel, um, and I remember he went on loan to Napoli at some point and he started playing in the back end of the season under our favourite manager of all time, Maurizio Sarri, and I got excited that maybe he might come back to Chelsea. but. That never worked out, but I really hope it does for Trev because, obviously, Tuchel might know him a bit from his time in Ligue 1 because he, obviously, was manager of PSG when Trev was on loan at Lorient and he performed exceptionally last season. Uh, and he's, wow, he's, they'd say pre-season's a time to state your claim for a place in a squad. and He's done everything he can because in in both of those games, Uh, against Arsenal and Tottenham. He was super impressive. Before that, I think it was Lewis Baker playing as that that kind of libero, the middle centre-back against Bournemouth. And I thought he was excellent, to be fair. But obviously, uh, Trev has time on his side. He's he's much younger than Lewis now. uh, And he's done everything he can. And we've talked about centre-backs running down their contracts. Maybe it's time for... Trevor Shallabard's set foot, so that's very exciting, and he'd have to be my player of the preseason.
1: Absolutely, I completely agree. I think Trevor's in a difficult situation at the moment. Um because yes, he could potentially stay as that what is it, sixth choice centre backslash, fifth choice centre mid. Um and he would be in Thomas Tuchel's squad, and I think Tuchel rates him highly enough to, to give him that chance, but he's on such an impressive trajectory. So many top clubs, particularly in France, are interested in him on loan that I think it would be a mistake to stick around and and let that momentum stall and and not play many games. Um, So I'd like to see him go out on loan again or even leave on a permanent just from the, well, let's talk from a Chelsea perspective, obviously from the perspective of his career, you know, leaving Chelsea to one side, I think it would be best for him to leave. But from a Chelsea perspective, perspective it would be best for him to go on loan again I think and really build that reputation Um, somewhere interesting we've just seen um, Wesley Schofana at Leicester unfortunately break his leg I think that could be an interesting destination for Trevor as a loan potentially because that's quite high profile and that would really get people talking about him Um, but yeah um, who else has been good Path?
2: I think personally, I'll, I'll give I'll give two I'll give two names. The first one is Dujon Sterling. Um, when when he played at right centre back, he was very very impressive. And I think after Livermento left the club, we were all like, okay, Dujon can be our backup right wing back. It's a bit of a shame we haven't seen him play any minutes there. Um, but I think he's been very impressive. I think there's a good chance he goes out on loan because. In the last, um, what was it, six to twelve months? He's suffered with injuries and illness, and he's come back really well. He played with the development squad last season. He looked as impressive. Um, so yeah, getting some professional football would be really nice for him, rather than sticking around as you know third choice right wing back or a or whatever choice centre back. Um, but yeah, I think he's and I um and then the second player is, it's we haven't seen enough. Well, as in we have there is a lot more to come. But Loftus Cheek, and I'm only saying that because. You know when if you compare that to the last well he well under Lampard's first season after lockdown when he had a month of playing with us and he got ten minutes off the bench and then that first game against Brighton last season, he was he was nothing just an okay player. Now you're seeing the intelligent side of him. He's able to pass and move, Um and you know he's an intelligent footballer who's come through our academy. He's always going to be able to do that, but he's he's doing it well. He's he's linking up well and then you know that dribbling and that confidence is going to come. Um, well, you hope it is, at least, if he doesn't get any more injuries. Um, because he had a good season out at Fulham where, okay, they got relegated. Okay, he didn't score that many goals, get many assists, but he played. And that was the most important thing. Um, so, yeah, I've been impressed. And I'll just move on to quickly on to third. Conor Gallagher, who's gone out on loan, it looks like Tuchel likes him. Um, and I did think he would be the type of player who will like because he's got so much energy. And his loan to Palace, it really depends on the type of football um, Vieira wants to play and Vieira gets the boys playing. But if, if they're on the ball a lot, if he's trying to attack, um, then I think it could be a really good move for him and he has a chance of making it here next season.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think Corner is someone who I definitely envisage being in the, in the Chelsea squad long term. Um, on Ruben, what do you think is
0: best for him this season? Oh, it's a tricky one. Uh, I mean, you were saying earlier, we only really have three uh, senior sentiments of sufficient quality to start for us. So maybe he could stick around. I don't see Kante playing every game on that kind of right side of the a, a three-man midfield if it's a 4-3-3 three, three, or part of a double pivot if if we're the same uh, formation as last season. So... Potentially, there are minutes to be had there against lower league opposition, and especially in the Cubs. Um, but he's 25 now. Um, so he really needs to be kicking on. Um, I doubt anyone's going to buy him because obviously he's on extortionate wages. Um, and if he goes on loan, we'll have to cover most of those. But if he goes on loan, then it's a problem of where, where suits him best. So I could see him sticking around as like a, a fourth choice centre mid and actually doing really well. Uh, from what I've seen of him, he looks so explosive. Some of his turns, like when his back's to goal, he just gets a ball, turns his man. He's just built like a tank and it'd be it'd be great to see him more on the football pitch than he is modelling for Burberry this season. That's my my hope for him. So let's see if it comes to fruition.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's what I'm saying. Don't you think him being a fourth choice centre mid is gonna be detrimental in terms of not playing
0: enough minutes? I just think that oh, in the current climate with with all the competitions we're going to be in, don't forget we've also got the Club World Cup, etc. There's so many minutes available. And given Kante has been injury-prone injury and given Jorginho has had a long season and is touching 30, who knows? There, there could be an opening there. And it'd be really sad if he went out on loan and missed the chance to make it here. I don't know what Par thinks about that.
2: Yeah, uh, I pretty much agree, to be honest. I think there is a space for him, you know, um, because at first I thought, you know what, give the fourth choice spot to Tino Andrin, but it looks like, I um I think about it again. Okay, we'll discuss him later because that's a big one as well. He's he's probably more suited for one of the front three. I think that's actually a perfect role for him, but again, he can do the job in the midfield. I think Lost chic is, I think he could stick around, to be honest, because who else, if we don't bring someone in, you know, if we got drink water, I don't know. I mean, I think I think Ruben's really the only one. I mean, unless you want to bring someone in, or I guess dropping Mason into midfield is always Tuchel's backup backup option because Mason can literally play anywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's difficult because you want to you want him to get minutes to get that dribbling and that confidence back and that physicality, but then you also want him to make it at Chelsea. So it's it's a difficult one.
1: Let's move on to Andrin then. Uh, you mentioned him there. He was very impressive against Spurs, wasn't he, Danny? Obviously, unfortunately, caught, caught coronavirus, which meant that he wasn't he wasn't able to play many pre season minutes. And I think Tuchel was quite disappointed with that because it seems that he really likes him. But he was he
0: was great against Spurs, wasn't he? Oh, he's amazing. I mean, everyone's seen that video of him just twisting the defence inside and out, and then he gets that lovely shot off. and Whoever, was it Gallini in goal for them? Uh, the rapping goalkeeper from Atlanta and he, he saves it. But that was delight. But honestly, I haven't seen, I'm not quite as in touch with the academy as YouTube boys, but obviously I, I like to read the Chelsea Sport articles and uh, I watch them when I can. And uh, so I've heard big things um, and wow, he was sensational. And also I think it, it helps him that he was one of three back at preseason on the first day it was him cal and tammy so that can't have done his chances any harm being keen and in there early to to lay down a marker so let's hope he can kick on from here and from the limited amount i've seen of him he's been he looks incredible so explosive so skillful uh and clearly that uh shot from 35 yards out and that 4-0 win against everton where he blazed it into Rose Ed was uh, was an uh, anomaly, uh, not, not the norm. So hopefully he takes his chance next time it comes. I'm sure he will. I think it's just reflective of his confidence, isn't it?
2: Yeah, he's got big confidence, doesn't he? And he I mean, coming into a Premier League game and trying to shoot from 40 yards out or something. Um, but I think, it, yeah, I was discussing this with someone. It's really hard for him because... <sighs> Say he makes the super squad, uh the super cup squad, sorry. He comes on with ten minutes to go and he you know, he looks bright. He has a chance of them making the squad for Palace. And then the it looks like cause there's it's been announced that we've got a friendly the day after Palace. Um and that's gonna be probably of the boys who have arrived late, the English, the Italian, the Tiago Silva. Um so again, he has a chance of them making the squad for Palace, and then if he impresses in Palace, he has a chance to make it on. But then if it doesn't go that way, he's then going to be stuck probably in the reserves. Um, he's going to be trying to push into the bench for the cup games. He's going to be, I mean, God forbid, but hopefully he doesn't start playing any 23s football for minutes um, because he's already done, you know, three seasons of that. So then you got to think, OK, do I want to go on loan? Um but then once you're on loan, you get stuck in the cycle and then you don't know what's next. Um, so it is it is difficult. I think he's got to have that communication with took on how much game time he's going to get, because he's almost 20 and he's barely had any professional football and he's more than good enough to to eventually play for us and even get minutes now. So I think he's just got to get minutes, whether that's at Chelsea or somewhere else will be will be interesting to see.
1: Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break before we move on to some Super Cup chat. So stay tuned. So the Super Cup Wednesday night against Villarreal uh, in Belfast. Path, what are your thoughts on on the potential squad?
2: It's interesting. Um, I think it's going to be a really similar lineup to the one against Spurs. Um, Was that Mendy in net? uh Chalaba, Rudy Zuma, um Hudson Adoy, Kovacic Kante, Alonso, Havertz one Aziek. I think it's pretty likely we'll see that. Um, I'm not sure if we're gonna see many of the English boys on the bench to be honest. Maybe Mason because we all know how Mason is and he's probably done enough work in his holiday to get ready for the season. But other other than that I don't expect too much. Um I think maybe, yeah, like we said before, maybe someone like Tino can make the bench, Ruben. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's it's not easy because what the squad is like 40 now, something like that, 38, 42, like some, some crazy number like that. And Tuchel's got to pick, what's it? I, I'm assuming there's nine subs on the bench, um, like there is for the other UEFA competitions. So you got, you got to choose, you got to cut off half of the squad. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Danny, you got any, any ideas?
0: Yeah, well, my first thing to know is of course, Wolanda's we'll the kind of guy to say Villarreal Real instead of Villa Real. You could just see the <laughs> double L being pronounced as a Y. It was coming from a mile away, wasn't it? He's I have Polarok to be respectful, Dan man. Dan Barker would be fuming, wouldn't he? <laughs> stra- <laughs> Estrella in hand. So. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's exciting to. To have the season prop come back. I, I personally am still haunted by Falcao ripping us a new one in 2012. And then against Atletico, when we all, as the Champions League winner, you'd assume you'd stroll it and we were torn apart. And then the year after, the car came missing that penalty. And now it looks like he's about to sign for us almost, what, six years? No, not even six, eight years after that day. So yeah, things come full circle, don't they? But it matters for us i don't think we've won this trophy before so um it's exciting maybe callum hudson adoy and trevor shawer will be the ones to finally lift chelsea their first ever super cup you never know but i'm similar a path i don't expect expect the england boys to get back in i don't expect i'd say the italy boys but when's emerson realistically going to kick a ball for chelsea <laughs> uh, but yeah i i think it'll be very similar uh and you don't want to tie the boys out before the weekend opener against Palace. That's where, I guess, the, the bread and butter lies. So, yeah, similar to the Tottenham game, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, we spent a while chatting about him earlier, so I won't dwell on this one for too long. But it does seem like this could be a decent chance for Callum hudson to play his... His way into Tuchel's plans for for the season because obviously this is the first competitive game, the first the first game in which the opposition will really be on it, uh, the first game in, in which there's actually something at stake. Um, and you know, as Reece James, I, I don't know if either of them will even make the bench. We might see Judeon Sterling featuring on it, um, just you know, as as cover for that right back position. Um, but I think it's. It's exciting. Callum's got this chance to start um, and he has an opportunity. Um, I hope if he plays well, then he, he won't be disregarded.
0: Hopefully. Because, um, you know, uh, our first game of the season, Palace Premier League game of so the season, is,
2: is only it's Saturday. I mean, it's a week today as we're recording. And it's, it's, time flies, really. I was thinking, how am I going to deal with this one month break without football? Um, of Chelsea, and all of a sudden we're facing Mark Gohey and, well, Conor Gallagher can't play against us because he's on loan, but time flies, really. Um, but, yeah, ho- hopefully, Callum, good game against Villarreal uh, or Villarreal, um, and then, hopefully, um, he can get into the squad uh, for Palace. I say get into the squad. It's unremarkable how we're even discussing him getting into the squad and starting, but, you know, that's that's where we're at.
0: It's worth noting as well traditionally the spanish teams just take this competition very seriously like if you listen to pep talk about his trophies he always puts things like a super cup in there mm-hmm. so they'll really want to win this and adding that emery's a like a UEFA specialist even if it is usually the beta version so this will be an intense game and if callum can show how good he is on that left hand side that it could be reason to be optimistic especially for orlando because He's not feeling it at the moment. I can tell.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm a bit disenchanted. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully he he brings the fire um, in Belfast. Right, let's talk a bit about the Palace game. Um, we mentioned it there. It does feel like we're gonna lose three nil to a Gerhi hat trick, doesn't
2: it? It just does. <laughs> it simply does. It's the first. Uh first game back at the bridge, well full game back at the bridge, I'll be there. Um and it just feels like, you know, we should you know, it feels like we should be winning, but it just feels like without Reese, Chile, Mason, Silver, this could go on and on. It feels like we're gonna struggle to mark Gurhey. Um which would be quite funny, to be fair. I think I think that'd be quite ironic, but it'd also be quite worrying. Maybe, do you think we'll have Lukaku by then? I mean, well, I mean, well we will have him by then. Will he play for us by then? That's be what's a gonna good be test for
1: Mark on his first Premier League. <laughs> <start, laughs> yeah,
2: that wouldn't be too bad. He could have went from playing with him, or well, possibly playing with him, to then coming up against him. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully Lukaku um, can get his chance against Palace, whether that's off the bench or starting. I mean, what a way to to get into the Premier League, eh?
0: This is one of the benefits of having such a bloated squad, a 42-man squad. So many of these boys are international standard players and would otherwise not get a sniff. So if other clubs were missing like half of their first team, they'd be in serious trouble. But I have confidence in the fringe players. And like we said before, everyone should be very motivated to take this chance to impress Tuchel. This is his first full season. And if you get these first two games, the Super Cup and the Palace game, and you really perform, this could be the start of something special for you. So from that kind of point of view, it is exciting. Obviously, there is in my mind that when Palace lost seven in a row to start the season and Roy Hodgson took them to a win against Chelsea, that it does play in my mind. And Ben Teke obviously, is in lethal form after 10 whole goals last season. So we do have to be careful. But. I think there is reason to be cautiously optimistic about some of the fringe players stepping up and uh, staking a claim for a start, not a starting spot this season, but definitely increasing their minutes.
1: Absolutely. Let's finish the pods by talking about a few of the low knees. I know you're keeping a, a keen eye on them this season, Path, Who's well, we've got a few playing at the moment as we record on uh, in the three p.m. kickoffs on Saturday, but there are some more set to play tomorrow and and even more throughout the week.
2: You can't, there. Yeah, so I think there's pretty, there's yeah I think the loans so far uh, have been really good actually. Um, I think I think Billy. Uh, Norwich is a really good one. I think he, he I watched his game, I can't remember who it was against. Um oh actually it was against uh Gillingham um when Jamie Cumming was in goal. Um and he he did just this sublime pass. It was it was all over Twitter. Um but it was honestly exceptional. Um and yeah, I think he's got a really nice move to Norwich. Um like I said, coming and Baxter have moved up a, a league in goal. And net. Uh, Baxter, unfortunately, is on the bench as we speak. Um, but he, I think he'll come into the team in a few weeks' time, just pre-season getting used to his club. Ian Martin has actually done a really nice move to Championship. I think he's going to be playing at left wing-back this season quite a lot, um, which really suits the way if he wants to push into Tuchel's system next season with Alonso getting old, Emerson possibly moved on. So that leaves us just with Chile um henry lawrence moved to afc wimbledon he'll be with luke mccormick and james simmons um so that should be a really nice first step in professional football for him Castillo has moved to birmingham uh Gallagher we mentioned to palace and the big one is levi to huddersfield he's started off really well um he made his professional debut uh, i think it was last week I can't remember, in the carabao cup he had a really nice performance he's playing now as we speak um so yeah, hopefully he smashes it then. Hopefully he can push into the team next season, and we don't. There aren't cries for him to get a Premier League loan or something. Um, but he he signed a four-year deal, four-year deal. So I'm confident with him.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited about Levi. I watched his first game, um, against Sheffield Wednesday in the EFL Trophy, and it was fantastic. Um, that was in a back four. Um, that was actually his first senior game. Uh, first, first professional football game, um, and he just busted out this insane pass. It was like it's like those penalties that Neymar takes, where he runs up as if he's going to hit it with his right foot, and then he just like goes across and hits it with his left. Um, he did that for a line-breaking pass in the center-back position. I've actually never seen any player do that before, and he did it. Aged what? How old is he? Eighteen on his. Senior debut, which is just insane, and today they're playing in the back three with him on the left hand side, which arguably even suits him even better um so I think there's much to be excited about this loan um It's stuck in my head that actually the only eighteen year old center back to be a starter in the championship and and well and play well was Stephen Corker in eleven. so it's a real kind of it's a real feat. But will is well yeah, exactly. But you know, it's it, there is this is a, a really hard task for will, Um and you know, he seems up to it, but if he if he does achieve achieve it, then it's gonna be very, very impressive. Um and it's yeah, very exciting.
0: For all the Stephen Corker fans out there, by the way, he he has actually resurrected his career in Turkey. He's doing very well for himself. Yeah, he's so playing just Turkey so he to put that one out there. It wasn't the be all and end all at Liverpool. He did he did get back and he seems like a lovely bloke. I, I read an article about him overcoming addiction. But hopefully that it never comes to that. Because, well, I'm sure, you're going to sure have the Stephen
1: Corker fans in your in your mentions Stephen yeah, Corker I mean. ultras <laughs>
0: they're always hitting me off it's, it's annoying I have to mute a few of them but they mean well
1: <laughs> alright on that positive note I think we're going to wrap up the pod thank you very much uh, Danny for joining me
0: oh glad to be back love doing these podcasts
1: absolutely as do I and as do you pa. thanks so much
2: thank you very much mate really enjoyed it
1: Great. All right. With that said, as always, and as I said at the top, please do make sure to check us out on our social media platforms, in particular at The Chelsea Spot on both Twitter and Instagram, and then our website, thechelseyspot.com for some very tasty articles. Um, and we're going to have more heading your way as the season gets underway. Thank you very, very much for listening, um, and we shall see you next time.